Here's the thing with with uh, Take On Me by AHA. You know that I love the 80s. Uh-huh. You, you know, it, it, is, it, is, it is to me just one of the greatest decades of our time, of ever yes. all time. And, um, and, and I feel like AHA, is, Take On Me by AHA, is a quintessential picture of 80s music. Oh, yeah. You know, I it, agree. It's got it's got everything '80s about it, from you know high pitched falsetto singing to electronical sounds. Yeah, I mean the video is like the video. It was an achievement in video making, you know, in those days with the yeah with the cartoon going to real people and everything. And so well, you know what's crazy too is like now you have like the whole trend of people on YouTube that like react to old and like classic music mm-hmm. videos and songs yeah. and stuff, and so many people react to that video and they're like, oh my god, like like I could tell this is dated, but this still looks really cool. Yeah, well, Weezer basically when they did their cover of it, I, I saw the video. They use oh uh, Finn Wolfman or whatever his name is from the Stranger Things kid. Oh yeah yeah yeah, and um. And so they're doing they're doing their version of Take on Me and the video is is literally like it's not a shot for shot remake but it is that style where you know it kind of the camera moves around and you're moving from the real life into the sketchy cartoony kind of thing and um and it I mean it holds up as a modern day if they didn't dress the kids up in 80s hairdos and that sort of thing and have like 80s decor in the house where they're playing their their music it it would be it would look like a modern day type video so all right well hello everyone who's joined us live we appreciate you being here um good to see some old friends in the chat just jen yeah. haven't seen just jen in a while um realtor angie is here and i saw that carissa was here for a moment and um so get, we're gonna meet up with carissa uh this this friday i believe she and her family um that's amazing well empire strikes back is playing at a theater and so we're going to be brave okay. And go watch Empire Strikes Back on the big screen. Love it. Yeah, and um, and so I, I immediately texted her, said, "Hey, listen, we're coming to your little town, which is you know just a few miles away from here, and there's no sense in not seeing you guys." And so you know, for after eight, ten years worth of you know knowing her through the Mixler Zoo crew, the the Twitter Zoo crew, and all that good stuff, you know, going to meet that family. So that'll be fun. Yeah, so good awesome. Times. Good mm-hmm. for you guys. It'll be great. All right. Well, this is Rock Out Loud, everyone, and we're going to be talking about the um, the soundtrack or the music of Almost Famous as we continue to celebrate 20 years of Almost Famous. And Kristen, you know, as as technology does, the minute you mention something out loud, it shows up in various and sundry recommendations across <laughs> different things. <laughs> And so I'll tell you about uh, I'll tell you about what I saw as we as we get into this. But um, oh, I can't wait! <laughs> but before I do that, I've got to actually of all the things that I did, I did not pull up our opening. Oh, Steve! <laughs> I built the Roll AF sound- <laughs> playlist. <laughs> We're just not used to going this early. I know you do, but. The the role as a, as a whole, we're not used to going at this time of day. No, so. I'm not. No, this is this is not rock. This is not rock and roll to do to be, you know, doing something at you know before noon. Well, what if we just say like we never went to sleep? I could say that. 
Yeah, like but, we just never went to sleep. Like we're you know we're on a bender. That's we're on, <laughs> yeah. I've been I've been up for th- for forty six hours now. <laughs> so I've glued furniture to ceilings. It's a whole thing. I glued furniture to ceilings. <laughs> we'll keep moon somehow. Somehow there's a broken window, but there's nothing, but there's no shattered glass. It's really weird. Yeah, t- I, but a TV's on the ground, so. I, I seem to remember a jigsaw and <laughs> and being very careful um, <laughs> with giant shards. So, okay, so here we go. We're going to do this uh, Rock Out Loud thing now. Bottom gear coming from your radio is not. Wait. Attention, everyone. This is the Stop it. Stop it, man. This is what I get for trying to use a different program. Here we go. Attention, everyone. This is an emergency broadcast. The unpleasant noise you are about to hear coming from your radio is not a mistake. Please do not turn on your radio, but turn up the volume on your receiver as high as it can go. Do we want to get right? Well, here we are again. It's Rock Out Loud, the Rockinest podcast in the Goloverse. I'm going to say the Rockinest podcast on the internet. I don't know that anybody does it the way we do it here at Rock Out Loud, and I'm I'm absolutely fine with that. We're unique in the world, and uh, we're celebrating 20 years of Almost Famous, released September of 2000, and uh, we watched the movie on our last episode, and now we've got to talk the music of Almost Famous and roll through the soundtrack together. Uh, We're going to try to not have a six-hour marathon episode with all the music that's in here, but but it should be fun, should be a good time. I'm not going to do this by myself. Of course, we've got to have the rockin'est chick in all the land. I called her a chick. That's not even right. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, Kristen in Jersey. Hi, everybody. They call all the women chicks. As a woman, I have a problem with that. Well, (laughs) I I thought about that. I'm like, should I not say that anymore? I don't... (laughs) You can call me a chick. It's fine. I don't care. I mean, look, I don't want to be woke necessarily, but I also don't want to be full on asleep. <laughs> I am. Um, I mean, I have. I think if you are just like, yeah, like that's my chick. What's up? Like, I don't know. Like, oh yeah, this chick, she's great. Okay, here, I don't think that's uh, rude. Here's the thing. I don't. Okay, we don't have time to really get into all of this, but <laughs> I, I don't have. I don't know where the where the term comes from. Okay. Um, okay. But to me, it's always been like the equivalent of calling a guy a dude. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's per- that's like the perfect comparison. And so, but I, you know, again, I don't want to be accused of being asleep on at the wheel, you know. So but, immediately apologize to everyone you just offended by calling me a chick. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry, everyone, for calling Kristen a chick because I know that you're offended that she's not. So... <laughs> <laughs> How's that? <laughs> I love it. I mean, sometimes you gotta, you know, you gotta do stuff before it happens. You know, That's preventative. Right. Preventative apology, and I didn't even play the slow walking away music. So, <laughs> um, full disclosure: uh, as we uh, get ready to go on this journey, Kristen has given me permission to pull up the Dancing Pumpkin Man, 
And yeah. um, and so there probably will be some dancing pumpkin man going on my end of things as I watch as we listen to some of this music. And uh, and I will see. So if you hear me laughing, it's, it's the dancing it's pumpkin the dancing man. pumpkin man bringing joy to our lives. I was going to wait till October. But but Kristen no. said Kristen said pumpkin spice season is the season for the dancing pumpkin headed man. So <laughs> I mean honestly the time is never wrong for the dancing pumpkin headed man. Mm-hmm. But I mean you know most people would find it totally acceptable as soon as September starts. Now if you're wondering what we're talking about, I want to encourage you to head to YouTube and just search for KXVO pumpkin dance. KXVO Pumpkin Dance, and it's going to bring up a news clip from obviously a Halloween news uh, news uh, night, and um, and for whatever reason, all of a sudden there's this dude in a black leotard with a jack o' lantern on his head, and he's dancing to Ghostbusters, living his best life, indeed. But what I'm told is, and what I was told years ago by by our own Kristen in Jersey is that this man, when he starts dancing, you can play any music and it fits. Yep, doesn't matter. And friends, I've yet to be I've yet to see that proven wrong. So <laughs> we've done it to Iron Maiden, so, we've done it to Balance. It somehow, always works. Somehow it always works. So I love that man. I love that man so much. You know, he was on America's Got Talent or I like saw, one of those shows. Yes. And and they all deemed that he didn't have a talent, which I I just, I fully disagree. I absolutely disagree. I think that if you have the guts to put on a full body skin suit leotard thing and strap a jack-o'-lantern to your face and just do silly dances, I mean, see how long you can go on that. This, <laughs> I mean, he's gone, what, 15 years? <laughs> for us, this is America. So, you know, if you can't make it here as a dancing pumpkin man, where can you make it as a dancing pumpkin man? Who knows? All right. So let's just get right into this. Kristen, um, when last we were together, we watched the movie, as we said. We gushed over the movie as we watched yep. it and uh, and had a great time watching it. I did um, have a have one of those spooky internet moments. And okay. un- unfortunately, it wasn't even with my phone. It was when I sat down to my TV to, to fire up YouTube because I've gotten where I watch YouTube videos on TV for some reason. And, oh, I love doing that. And uh, and there it was from Rolling Stone's YouTube channel. The uh, Cameron Crowe goes through the almost famous. His box of stuff? Yeah, his box did, of stuff. Did you watch it? I did. Of course I did. <laughs> I was like, this is really creepy because it never came. Nothing from Rolling Stone has come up in my um, feed before as a recommendation. And oh. I, I'm like, how did this happen? Freaky deaky. I blame Google. I love that. I mean, like, I think that video is so cool because I'm also like a hoarder in that aspect. Like we've talked about this. I have like Mm. boxes of things I've collected at shows over the years. So like, I love that he has like an almost famous box. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he, well, the thing is, it's like the stories he was telling as he went through were great. Like, you know, and some of them I'm like, oh, this is what Kristen said. (laughs) <laughs> there was one point where I found myself saying, well, he's right, because that's what Kristen said. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is the guy that lived it. What am I talking about? <laughs> it's like Kristen watched these things before the podcast. It's weird. <laughs> well, and as he was telling his Greg Allman story, mm-hmm. you know, the are you a cop, you know, that moment yep. and everything. It, the lead up to that was really interesting because, like, here was the he was the first person that Greg Allman really talked to about 
you know, his grief over his brother and everything. Yep. And, um, and that's, you know, when you're that age, you're a kid like that. And, and a dude's just kind of spilling his guts to you. That's gotta be kind of awkward and weird. You got an honest face. They're going to tell you everything. <laughs> that's true. That's true. I guess that's why we tell animals everything that's going on with no problem. Oh, yeah. Cause they, I mean, well, they're not going to puppy. <laughs> oh, don't do it to yourself. Cause then oh, I want one. every time you get ready to do something, the question has to be asked, well, what about the dog? I know. And I do a lot of things and that's why like, I can't, so I can't do it. Yeah. You but, love to like, travel. And so I know, but like, I just love, I, I would love it. Mm, I, yeah. I think I want a cuddle buddy. Oh, get you a stuffed animal. I want a big fluffy Husky. Get you a stuffed animal. That's <laughs> All right, well, let's get into this, because what we're doing, we're not actually going through the soundtrack proper. Um, we're going through a Spotify playlist um, that has every piece of music that was used in this movie on it. And some of the places, even Kristen admits, she doesn't know where these things are at. I and, know. Um, so uh, I just, well, because that's the beauty with the movie, right? Is that, like, you know, they'll be walking, like, music's always playing. Mm -hmm. So, like, they'll walk into a room and, like, slowly, subtly off in the background, you'll hear a song playing. Right. But it's not, like, in your face, like, a part of the soundtrack. It's a part of, like, the ambiance of the scene. And we will, we'll spend more time on some songs than others, obviously. Um, uh, yeah. But, uh, because there, there's, like, there's, 43 songs and so we can't we can't yeah. like get deep about all of them but the places of course where there's like moments you know we'll uh we'll get into that so yes um it begins uh this movie really begins in an interesting way uh because it begins <laughs> with um all right you chipmunks ready to sing your song i'll say we are yeah let's sing it now okay simon okay okay theodore okay okay alvin Alvin. Alvin. It's really interesting that it just opens up with that and of course the palm trees of California and everything and you know it's that surfing Santa. Right, yeah. Um but what's really interesting is is there's just such an innocence to the way this movie opens up. And which works perfectly, right? Yeah, yeah. For the for where it starts out at. Yeah, because I mean you're just gonna wave goodbye to that stuff before it's all said and done, you know, for better or for worse. Um, but it, it, yeah, that, that's the thing that really strikes me as I'm watching, as I was watching, I'm like, this opens with the chipmunk song. Um, <laughs> that's really weird. Is this a Christmas movie? What? Is, what? Is Did this, I put the right DVD in? What is happening right now? And, uh, <laughs> but it's Cameron Crowe. I mean, that's just his way of doing things too. You know, just kind of that quirkiness that he's got about him. I don't remember this song being in here at all. The Oogum Boogum song? Oh my god, this is like literally the next scene right before it's like, I'm 11, when like all the guys are brushing their facial hair and he's just like, I don't have any facial hair. This was playing during that? Yes! Was it playing in the background? Um, no, it was playing pretty pronounced. Oh, well, I'm an idiot. I don't think I give the Oogum Boogum song enough. <laughs> enough 
play enough love right yeah uh, that 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 is a that's a big honking show song for sure going yes. going to commercial break on the oogum boogum song yeah <laughs> yeah i just love that the name of it is the oogum boogum song well and that's where i'm like there wasn't a halloween scene in this movie was there you know because i'm thinking oogum boogum song and then i heard uh, it, i'm uh, like oh yeah oogum boogum 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 that's one of those i should have had the pumpkin dance and that Hold oh, on. he would have killed it to that. You just got to have it on like a constant loop. Here we go. Yes. <laughs> I had it timed and I did not on purpose, of course. But, you know, he does his whole <laughs> little roll into it. And and so, I, again, this was one of those fortuitous things. But like I had it timed where it was just at the end of the roll up. And so those few little words oh. where he was going, and then as soon as he hits the chorus was the first boom, you know, the first big the arm jerk, the first arm jerk. Yeah. <laughs> Worked perfectly. <laughs> Simon and Garfunkel play big into the first part of this, uh, this movie. Massive. Um, this is essentially, this is like Anita's song. Look at those eyes, drugs, drugs. But then, yeah, it's, it's really her song that she's leaving to go. Um, Why she's leaving home to become a stewardess. To be a stewardess. Thank you. Yes. Let us be lovers, we'll marry our fortunes together. I've got some real estate here in my bag. So we bought a pack of cigarettes and this is wine. So, yes. Fun fact. Yes. I want a shirt because of this song in this movie. Um, because someone was like, okay, if you can name what song or what movie this is from, and then also the next line, um, you will, the first one to do it gets a free shirt. So the line was, toss me a cigarette. I think there's one in my raincoat. And then I responded with, we smoked the last one an hour ago. Um, almost famous. And I want a t shirt. Oh, nice. <laughs> Well, let me ask you this. Had it not been for Almost Famous, would you have been able to do that? No! Okay, because I don't see Kristen being like the Simon and Garfunkel super fan. No, 100% not. <laughs> Honestly, I could probably tell you this song and Bridge Over Troubled Water and The Sound of Silence, and I think that those are the only songs I know. But now if you go straight into just Paul Simon, do you know any Paul Simon? Um, He sings that one weird song. Oh, my God. That one <laughs> weird song. Ladies, yeah, there's, there's one, yeah. I know, but there's one like really, really bizarre one, and that I can't remember. That I'm gonna have to like Google, but I'm like, I know that's a really weird Paul Simon song. The Are you talking about? You can call me Al. Yes, that yeah. one. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Why? That's a weird song. I feel like it is. It's like that. You can be my body. Like it's weird. <laughs> I can be a long lost pal. See, that is a is is a Steve. Clark oh yeah, that's definitely Big Honkin' Show fodder. I hadn't played it in a while on the Big Honkin' Show, but it definitely is. Um, <laughs> yeah, the the thing about Simon and Garfunkel is, I mean, songwriters extraordinaire. Um, I I don't know. 
obviously they have big fans all over the world. Uh, you know, I mean, I my I associate Simon and Garfunkel with the big Central Park concert. Didn't they do one at Central Park? Yeah. Maybe they. And I think that's where like the big, like the infamous version of Bridge Over Troubled Water is from. Mm, okay. Um, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I, I don't, but I can't sit around and listen to Simon and Garfunkel. No. And like, I think for me, like having a Simon and Garfunkel song on a pot, on a, um, on an album like mm-hmm. this, on a soundtrack, it's like, okay, perfect. And also like, it's such a great moment in the movie because again, it's the whole look under your bed. It'll set you free where he's looking through all the different albums. And I mean, in the song they're talking about, you know, I've gone to look for America and because of William looking through the, those records and, you know, falling in love with rock music, he is about to in the, you know, the next few minutes going to be experiencing America because of rock music. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and as he's kind of going through those things, he comes across the note that I just don't understand to save my life. <laughs> Light a candle and you'll see your, I, I mean, cause it's Tommy for crying out loud. Um, yeah, you don't like Tommy. I'm not super familiar, but you have uh, not no, been on the Tommy. No, journey. no, here, but here, no, here's the thing. If you, <laughs> Tommy is the Who's big rock opera thing that they they put together, and it really is about a deaf, dumb, blind kid that plays a mean pinball. Uh-huh. Um, and if you ever see the movie, which I've seen bits and pieces here and there, you know it's got like Elton John in it. I mean, it's just your classic, you know, kind of like, hey, let's get all of our friends together and do this weird thing. And it's just really kind of weird. And I just don't see that as being the album where you're like, light a candle and you'll see your life. And, you know, I'm like, no, it's about a pinball player. Um, <laughs> but it, they've got it. They actually, for the, for the album, um, uh, of, for the, for the soundtrack, they actually did a remix version of this instead of some of it sparks by, by the who. And it starts out like this on the actual album. But on the uh, on the soundtrack, they remix it a little bit and give a little more, get to the big part of it. And... Give a little more psychedelic feel and everything. Which, I mean, it's got a good groove to it. I mean, it's the who. And understand, I don't, I'm not, I want to make it clear. I'm not against Tommy. So before all you Hugh purists call in. You're Hugh purist? Yeah, you you who purist. (laughs) Call in and get upset with me. Email, get your fingers off the home keys and just know that, you know, I dig Tommy. I think Tommy's got a good jam. I think the song Tommy is a great jam. Um. But I just don't think you see your life when you light a candle. And I've never heard that anywhere else in, in pop culture. <laughs> that you see, or just be, just with Tommy? Just with Tommy. Okay. Yeah, because I definitely think, like, there are definitely um, songs that it's like you could listen to and you're like, oh, yeah, like, this, sure. is, yeah. this, is, this is it. This oh. is what I want out of life. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but- look, I'm, I'm saying, obviously, I've heard... You know, play this album while you're watching Wizard of Oz, and it lines up perfectly. You know, oh with my Pink God, Floyd. You should do that one time. I've, I've heard, I've heard um, 
uh, you know, different different things like that. Play this album backwards, and you summon you know three demons who who take away aha from the existence. Um, you know, I've heard all of these different things, but never has anyone said, "Hey, Tommy is such a deep experience that if you light a candle while you're listening about this kid playing pinball, that's it." like we don't want him to be a professional pinball player for the rest of his life he we want him to be a journalist that's right <laughs> and that's what i mean not, that's not what his mom wants mom wants him to be a lawyer but william wants to be a journalist ever since i was a young kid i played the silver ball <laughs> that's the song. i do like how you were saying though it has like that psychedelic vibe too because like the scene like right, you know right. the record is like you know going forward and it's going backward and like all this sort of mm-hmm. stuff right and, and then like you're thrust in into like current william and you know the overdub of, of uh lester being like so you're the kid that's been sending me those articles in the school newspaper like you're you're completely just thrust into like, okay, now we've gone from being 11 to now we're 15. Right. Yeah. It's the, yeah, it's a great, it's a great use of transition uh, of time for him. Um, and speaking of Lester, that's who we introduced to through the playing of um, Iggy Pop. Amen. I mean, it really is too early for that. <laughs> no, not for me. <laughs> like, and you know what's cool about like them using Iggy Pop? Like, not only is it again like you know the super bombastic song for the super bombastic character that's in this movie, but also like you know Lester is the guy from Cream. Like, he writes for right. Cream magazine. He's infamous, right? And Cream magazine is was based out of Detroit, which everybody kind of said that, you know, because it's out of Detroit, it's not out of New York or L.A., it has, like, this kind of underground, you know, feel to it. Um, so you have the Detroit connection there. And Iggy Pop is also from Michigan. Like, he's one of those, like, you know, Detroit sons, Michigan sons, Iggy Pop. And then later in the movie, you have, you know, Lester wearing his Detroit suck Detroit. shirt. <laughs> right. Yeah. Which I totally want. Like, I have so many shirts from this movie. Like, I definitely want a Detroit suck shirt. <laughs> <laughs> but Detroit was Motown, man. I, I don't understand. Um <laughs> I also love that because this is obviously the scene like, you know, the doors, Jim Morrison, he's yes. a drunken buffoon. I know. I, like, he's absolutely just ripping some great people. I'm like, oh, my Lord. Yeah, when he ripped the doors, <laughs> I'm like, Chris, when he ripped the doors, I was like, Kristen hates this guy. No. <laughs> well, that's the thing, too. Like, if you look at, um, there's actually a book that I really want to get that is like a compilation of like all Lester's uh, reviews that he wrote throughout the years. And like a lot of the big, huge um, records were like not some of Lester's favorites. I mean, like he talks about like Emerson, Lake and Palmer being like the definition of sterility. And he's like, they're just sterile. All the time. 
time. They're, you know, and then in the movie, like in the untitled version, I think it's in the unversion scene, as like everybody's, but he says, like, this band accomplishes in four minutes what it takes. I think it's Emerson, like, Palmer, hours. Oh my God. Like, that's just who he was, and I love it. Oh, Kristen, we were losing you there big time through that whole spiel. Oh no! Yeah, yeah, Skype is being. Can you hear me now? Yeah, uh, but I'm looking here and it says I've got a poor connection with you going on well, here. that's rude, Skype. It is rude. Because you sound like perfect on my end. You just keep kind of busting up a little bit there. And like we lost you while you were going off on the Emer Emerson Lake and Palmer is sterile. And there's sterility. <laughs> Do you want to hang up and recall and see if that helps? Um. Well, now you're back to good, being good again. Oh, I'm good? Okay. Well, we'll see if it happens again. Okay. Um. But essentially, like, I feel like it's a deleted scene in the movie or, like, an interview with Lester. I don't know. Something where Lester essentially is, like, there is the, I forget the one artist, like, artist that accomplishes in four minutes what it takes Emerson, Lake, and Palmer hours to never accomplish. And he's so, like, riled up and jacked about it. Like, it's perfect. Like, the portrayal of Lester is just absolutely perfect because that's just who he was. He hated everything. I, I wish you could remember what artist it was that he compared them to. Like, what are they doing for I know. <laughs> I forget. I forget. I feel like it was, I, I don't know. I don't want to say and, like, get it totally right, wrong. Right, But I'll see if I could find it throughout the course of okay. uh, this today. Well, I don't know this group. Well, no, this this uh, Todd, what's his face? Todd. Todd Rundgren? Todd Rundgren, yeah. Um, You do know, you know a lot of his work, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is the guy that produced Bad Out of Hell by Meatloaf. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, this is, it wouldn't have made any difference. And you said you don't remember where this song is on the whole thing. Yeah. I have no idea what scene this was used in. <laughs> well, let's give a little bit of a listen. Kristen, I just pulled up a great, um, great internet tool. Okay, I have the quote, by the way. It's what-song.com. Okay. And here it has a list of all the songs used in Almost Famous and where they were used. Okay. This where song. Is this, used? <clears throat> this song is when William is talking to Lester in the cafe. Oh, okay. So, so it's, it's obviously for the ambiance. Yeah, it's played in the background. I forget what the actual the term for that music is in a movie. There's a there's an actual term for for music that you hear that the that the people in the movie are actually hearing as well. And um, it's not source music, but I for, I forget what it's there. There's an actual um word for it. So uh, Daniel is like Daniel Nindy, by the way, in the chat is <laughs> is going off. I love it. I mean, he's classic <laughs> Daniel and Andy right now. So, um, so yeah, that's where that was at. And then uh, um, also, so I have I have the Lester Bangs quote. Mm -hmm. Well, before you before you read it, before you read that, let me let let me refresh this call okay. and see if that'll help us with our connection here. We're going to refresh the call with Kristen. 
really quickly and see what happens. Let's see if that can get her going. It's about to be ugly. I hate Skype now. What now? Hello? Is this better? It, is, it sounds better I... right now. It sounds good right now? Okay, good. But I feel like there's a little delay. Let's see. Oh, Skype. Yeah. I have a, like, all my bars, so what the hell? I don't know. I, we've got good good signal on this end, too, so I don't, I'm really confused. I hate, I hate Skype. <laughs> I do, too. I do, too. It's gotten to where it's just like, come on, Skype. You During the pandemic, you really should have gotten your game together. I agree. I feel, I don't know. I feel like you're responding to me really quick, though. Okay, well, maybe it's called up. Oh, now you're breaking up. Oh, great. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> oh. Freaking Skype. Do you think it's the time of day? Do you think Skype's just overloaded right now? It shouldn't be, but you sound you sound clear now. Okay. Well, all right. Give us the quote. Okay, so it had nothing to do with Emerson, Lake, and Palmer, but here. Okay, <laughs> so here's the quote. <laughs> okay, do you know the letter by the box tops is a minute and fifty eight seconds long? It means nothing, but it takes them less than two minutes to accomplish what it takes Jethro Tull hours to mm. not accomplish. Mm. Wow. Shots at Jethro Tull. I mean, the dude stands on like one foot and plays the flute. I don't blame him. Hmm. How do I feel about what Kristen just said? <laughs> I mean, the dude said that, like, he, or not said, he won the first medal Grammy. Like, yeah, okay. Well, here's, okay, here's the thing about Jethro Tull. They've got some good riffs. Um, on some of their songs, but I also think that Jethro Tull is a is a band that college kids think is really deep. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're yeah, like they're like the they're like REM. They're like the REM of you know the 70s. Right, right. But even even today, like if a college kid discovers Jethro Tull, especially with something like Thick as a Brick, um. <laughs> Which is, you know, that they made up the whole story about a nine-year-old wrote this poem and won an award and that sort of thing, and to go along with the album, and that's what the song was based on because it was like a, it really was like a four-hour-long song, um, you know, just a huge, huge monster song on this album. I think the whole album might have been one song, if I recall. I don't know, but my point is this: if you are, if you have, if you have that. If you're in that phase of life where you're stepping into maturity from, you know, high school, um, you're stepping into this new world, and you think you got to think so deeply about everything, you think Jethro Tull is like light a candle and you'll see your life. <laughs> but as you kind of listen, you're like, no, he's just singing about a dude on a park bench. Uh, he's singing about a homeless man named Aqualung. <laughs> you know, um, and that's it. Yeah. But I do think they have some good riffs and it's in, in some decent music. But I don't, I, I don't get into the pretension of it all. Um, as he's going to, as William is going to the to the Black Sabbath concert, we get a little bit of this action. Wait, it started playing while I had the volume down. Sorry, we get a little bit of this action. <laughs> I 
one of the biggest Black Sabbath songs of all time, as far as like still gets a lot of airplane stuff on classic rock stations and all. Paranoid. Sure. And I mean, in this scene, we get, you know, we get the, the wise advice of Elaine. Mm-hmm, don't take mm-hmm. drugs. Don't take drugs. <laughs> That's it. Francis McDormand says she still gets people yell at her, don't take drugs. It's like when they see her in public. And rightfully so. And rightfully so. <laughs> yes, mother. What I, lo- <laughs> what I love, too, is like, don't forget the family whistle. We oh had, my god, I know, right? We had a family of, at one point, there were seven of us living under the same roof. Five kids, two adults. We would go on vacation, and we never had a family whistle. If, if one was left behind, that was it. They just right. disappeared forever. They went right. full, jo- full Joe Dirt. Right, exactly, exactly. There may be a Glossin out there that did get left at the beach. I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> There was a roll call to be done, and... And maybe someone answered for him. I I couldn't say. Um, But we never had a family whistle. I just think it's funny. She's like, now remember the family whistle if you get lost. And then like her... (laughs) It's so cool. And then you hear it at the end of the movie or like the end of that scene. Yeah, the end of that scene. Where she's like whistling. Yeah, she's doing it, you know. But it's also that that moment. We didn't talk about this when we were doing the watch along. But that moment where that whistle, where she does do the whistle... It really is because that whole situation where he's backstage, we talk, you talked about how, you know, he's being real cool and like, see you around, Big Red, see you, you know, like yep. trying to fit in. That whistle brings him back to his reality. Yes. In that moment. And it, it's a really kind of neat moment of just kind of, all right, step back into your world now, kid, you know, and, and, and come back down. Um, but then when he goes to take back off, it goes that much more crazy. Speaking of Jethro Tull, um, <laughs> according to according to what song.com, this is playing backstage when William is trying to get the interview with Black Sabbath and they won't let him in. Okay. This is Teacher by Jethro Tull. to break it to you but yeah. you're not on the list well that doesn't surprise me one bit um <laughs> <laughs> but also what a it's kind of a a fitting song because he's about to learn a lesson in all of this yes. situation from but then that, look i just want to talk about the song see it does have a nice little groove that you can just kind of sit there and jam to and everything you know but if you start paying attention to the lyrics you know there's some depth but it's like it's really trying to be artsy artsy you know, pot smoky lyric kind of stuff when you get into yeah. some of this stuff. So, um, and then there's, uh, and then still at this scene, I mean, like things just keep happening. Um, is, uh, uh oh. Uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> uh oh. I got some out of order. Here we go. Um, <laughs> yeah, here, yeah, here we go. Roundabout by Yes.
We're going round about our elbow to our butt to get to the meat of the song. Here we go. <laughs> there it is. Kristen, I could just sit and groove to this all day long. I mean, it's got that tasty bass lick. Yes, sir. I love the term ta- I Let's just say, I love the term tasty bass lick. <laughs> I'm slapping the bass. I'm slapping the bass, man. <laughs> slapping the bass, man. Do you, do you do it that high when you do it? No, but air bass work best up here. <laughs> oh, I love you, man. Um, a movie that I'm thankful to Kristen for introducing me to. Uh, it's so good. It is. It is. So here's the thing. I don't give, I, I feel like I don't give yes enough sometimes because I hear this and I'm like, yeah, I know this song, you know, that tasty bass lick as it were. And, and then, uh, the next song is also by yes. It's I've seen all good people, you know, which has that, it's kind of got a good little groove to it and everything. Wait, I've played the wrong version. I hit play on the wrong thing. Um, but, uh, Like, I don't like the verse of this song, but I like when they hit that I've seen all good people lick, you know? Yeah, but like it, that's like the infamous the infamous line from the song, you right. know? Right, and, and they've got, Yes has such good harmonies and stuff, and they're good they're good instrumentalists, and I, and I don't feel like I give Yes enough. I don't know. Um, Is Yes like a prog band? Like, are they more to the proggy side? I feel like they are. I would, uh, are they not more of a jam band? Yeah, I mean, I kind of associate like those like that era mm-hmm. like jam bands and prog bands are really similar where now I feel like they're two different different genres mm-hmm. but it's like Almond Brothers like I feel like we're also in that kind of yes category well but see Almond Brothers I don't know I mean they're a jam band but they're a southern rock jam band you know there's too many genres that's true but let's not forget let's not forget that yes gave us this I mean, that's owner of a lonely heart. Yeah, yeah. So let's not forget. Yes. So see, I don't know if you can if you can change your sound that much from decade to decade. I don't know that you're a prog band. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, prog bands tend to stay very, uh, very in their zone. I mean, God forbid I sound snobbish about music. You know. here's gonna sound snobby it's definitely steve right right exactly i'm not i'm not the music snob on the show i'm just saying however i will say this Kristen, as i as i look now at the wikipedia for yes because i tend to do on the fly research it has genres progressive rock art rock pop rock oh okay 
So, so you know what, Steve? We're both right. There you go. Because I don't know that jam band is necessarily like a genre of music. That's... But they definitely are. Okay, well, what would you call Fish or the Grateful Dead? Um, I almost just cursed. <laughs> <laughs> Excrement. That's what I would call them. Exactly, exactly where I was going. That, a juju. A juju. That's what I would call Crap. I would call it, you know, that brown squiggly emoji. That. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Poop. Um. <laughs> That's what I would call him, Steve. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? Like, kind I love, of. I just love. I just love the whole. What would you call these bands? Well, I, we don't cuss on this show, so I'm not going to say. So I can't say what I've, I can't say what went through my head first. Mm. That's I must filter. Um, but like, kind of like going back to yes, right? Like, I feel like yes is like a perfect, um, like for these scenes where we're getting this yes, like this back to back yes music. Mm -hmm. Like, we're fully immersed in that backstage world. You know, it's like we're being thrust into like there's no like oh yeah like you know I got backstage and you know everything's going well it's like no hi go mm -hmm. and now interview the band <laughs> right <laughs> now do everything oh Penny's there yeah you're gonna be called Opie they're gonna be kissing you on the cheeks the girls yeah just go with it yeah and and you're gonna love every minute of it no matter how uncomfortable you um, are hell yeah <laughs> I mean how could you not and I gotta tell you, there's some, I guess there's just something about the scene where they're talking. I'm so into what they're saying to one another. I miss this when she's doing the mysterious thing. Really? Yeah. The Beach Boys. Have we ever played Beach Boys on this podcast? I don't think so. I think this is the first time. I think it's a first. Yeah, probably a last. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, and look, that's not a slight against the Beach Boys. I'm just saying they don't really fit our our show too much. Yeah, I'll, they're I'll, definitely not in the wheelhouse of, of role. I'll turn up some Beach Boys, you know, on, on the Big Honkin' Show Beach Party in June and that sort of thing, but I, it's just not... And I dig some Beach Boys when they're singing with the Fat Boys and all this other stuff. But, um, but yeah, what what I don't what I like about the Beach Boys is the fun single, you know, the the things that made radio singles, you know, beach music stuff. I don't like experimental, you know, Sergeant Pepper's Beach Boys. Right? Yeah, I don't like that. I'm, I'll just say it. I, I really don't. That's, but that's just me. Um, Daniel and Indy said, yeah, you guys play the Beach Boys, and I suddenly hated you all. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Great. But but Daniel, Steve said, probably the last. Yeah, so. that's true. That's true. Um, it's it's in the movie, for crying out loud. We have, we have, to, to, we have to touch on it. It's in the movie twice, not but, just once, twice. But also, it's in the movie because whether I like their their experimental sounding stuff or not 
you know, the Beach Boys were doing some some very neat things with music, with some of their tones and their harmonies, and and even uh, you know, I, I just heard someone talking about one time about good vibrations and the way that whole song is set up is yeah. is actually you know, and I and I don't know all the musical theory behind it and everything, but it almost flies in the face of musical theory. Um, <laughs> With what they're doing. Daniel and Indy is like the the king of the chat right now. I'd say the Beach Boys makes me want to commit murder. Wow. But you know, Manson, so that would make sense. That's true. Hey, that's true. <laughs> wow. Oh. I know, it's freaky. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't think about I feel that. like we need to get off the Beach Boys now. Yeah, so let's get to this Joni Mitchell song you want to talk about. We'll let it breathe a little yes. bit when we play it. Yeah, let's let's play River. Your, there's all your feels. I know. Like, I feel like this is, I, I mean, obviously we know from the podcast that we did previously about the movie that like camera crow was playing a Bruce Springsteen song on set during that scene. Mm -hmm. um, but like, I just love this song because like, okay, like it sounds like it's a ballad. Like if you're not listening to lyrics, you're like, Oh my God. Yeah. Like this is a total like love song for, for the two of them. But then it's like, when you look at the lyrics is like, and knowing what we know about Penny and Russell's relationship, like the whole, like, I wish I had a river I could skate away on. It's like, I feel like the two of them, like there is a part of both of them that wishes they could be together. Mm -hmm. But the heartbreaking thing is that they both know, like, again, like we talked about when we were watching the movie, like, you know, Penny will always be unattainable, or Russell will always be unattainable to Penny, just like Penny will always be unattainable to William. Right, right. Like, it's it's just a great, like, magical moment between, like, scene, history of characters, and the music. It's perfect. Well, that's that's the thing. Like that song that they play, over. You know, I don't know what. Do you know what Springsteen song they were playing? The Promise. Okay. I know that for for the purposes of the movie, the the song really does encapsulate the wholeness of almost some of the themes of the movie as itself. Yes. You know, it it's a it's a it's a pivotal moment. It's a pivotal song, and it is a. Uh, Man, it's it's one of those depressing Christmas songs. 
Yes. You know, which I mean, they have their place. Right. Christmas is not a happy time of year for everybody, which I feel like we, we've we never done a Christmas roll. I could be wrong, but I feel like we totally should at some point. <laughs> well, yeah. Have we not done a Christmas one? I don't think so, because I was in retail hell for so many years. Steve. That's true. That's true. That's right. Yeah, That's now right. I'm finally out. Thank mm-hmm. God. Woo! <laughs> Well, get ready. Anyone that is in retail hell, I'm so sorry, but I'm I'm just, it wasn't for me. (laughs) The, uh, the, the, of course, the center of the movie becomes this band Stillwater, which is a a conglomeration of bands, you know, kind of an amalgam uh, band made up of all the different bands that Cameron Crowe had talked to and and, and interviewed and that sort of thing during around this time in his life. And uh, they, the first song were brought by them on the, on the movie is this song, Fever Dog. I mean, we talked about it when we did the movie. It's such a an amazing feat by Nancy Wilson and everyone involved to write these songs that sound like they stepped right out of this era. Yeah, and um, perfectly. And 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 I'd mentioned then it sounds to me like the Levy Breaks. Here's a taste of that. Obviously, in Fever Dog, you don't get the harmonic and everything rolling, but that that driving drum thing and the you know coming in with the with the guitars and all, um, it's very levy. It is. It is very when the levy breaks. But um, also, Kristen, I found something while I was putting together this thing, and I was looking for Fever Dog. Do tell. Did, did you know that there is a a group? Uh, that formed around circa 2012 called Fever Dog. No, there is. Um, and I'm, are they good? Or are they bad? <laughs> well, uh, they're not Grateful Dead or Fish. Um, okay. So, <laughs> so um, I, this is their this is their first album. It's called Volume One, or their first album that they have. It was released in November of 2012. I'm just going to play a bit of the first track for you here, so you can get okay. and, and remember this is 2012 when this was released.
so this is the first thing I played a while ago when I saw them. I'm like, what is this mess, you know? And I'm like, is this really from 2012? This sounds like something that some group from back in the 70s would have put out, or 60s. Yeah, like, it gives me very much, like, um, That's the Way by Led Zeppelin, like yeah. a little tangerine. Yep, yep. And I didn't do a lot of research because I didn't have time, but I mean, it almost sounds like they're actually doing their recording on tape. Um, you've got, okay. kind of, you've got that hiss, you know, that, that comes with a lot of the classic rock stuff before it gets remastered, you know, that, that hiss tape, that, that tape hiss that's there. But I went ahead and I moved up to like their most recent stuff. They, they actually back in May put out a, uh, I guess just a, almost like a single. It's two songs. I don't know what you call that digitally. Okay. Um, because single will go with it. I'm going to go with a digital Kasingle. Um and And this is what they had here. So that's, I mean, in 2020, they released that. They're, uh, apparently, because I'm looking and everything's copyright 2020 Fever Dog, haven't really, again, done a lot of research. I feel like they're all self-produced, self-published kind of stuff. Um, but they're intentionally going for the analog sound of classic rock. Very cool. He was giving me, the singer was giving me a little bit of like Gene Simmons, too. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um you know, so it, it, I don't know. I'm going to dig into them a little bit more uh, when I've got some time. But they've got several different things that have been released, a couple of casingles that have been released this year. And uh, I'm just going to go with casingles there. Um, and uh, <laughs> because y'all remember, y'all like remember casingles? I don't know. If, uh, I, I know you were into CDs. You do? I don't. Oh, you don't. Okay. Do you know what I'm talking about when I say that? Yes. Okay. For those who may not, let me just say really quickly, back in the day, before digital music, I hate it when people do that. Like, no one remembers before digital music. Uh, but even but during, but before CDs got to be the big thing. Um, and CDs weren't readily available to the average consumer until really the mid-90s, um, early to mid-90s. And it, the CD player was around in the 80s, but, you know, it was expensive. And it wasn't something that all the, the, the record companies and everything had gone to printing music on or putting music on until it got to be down to where the average consumer could afford it. And so when you had a single released, 
by an album they by a band they'd release their album they'd put out the single for that album that would get radio play and that sort of thing you could go to the store and for like three four bucks buy a cassette that had that single on it that was the only song on it but then on the back side it would have another song on it the one that sticks out most in my mind was the november rain single because you had november you had november rain was the single um, by Guns N' Roses, but the B-side was Sweet Child of Mine. And oh, so that's like Steve Glosson all over it. Listen, we wore that tape out at Dairy Queen, okay, <laughs> <laughs> when we'd closed down. I'm not surprised. It was, it was our, we would, uh, it was, it was, 10 o'clock would roll around, the clothes sign would get flipped, the boombox would come out, and Sweet Child of Mine would get fired up. That's just kind of how we rolled. So, but anyway, so I just thought that was neat that there's this group who's obviously, they've named themselves for the song by Stillwater, Fever Dog. Scratching at my back door. And, um, and so, uh, and, and they're doing that. They're, they're, they're intentionally sounding like they stepped right out of the sixties and seventies, um, onto the, onto today's digital music scene. So they're that. Yeah. I mean, what you played sounded decent. So. Yeah, yeah. So you might want to check them out. the The vocals to me have leave a little bit to be desired, if I'm being honest. Okay. Um, but other than that, I dig their sound. Uh, Black Sabbath once again comes around with old uh, Sweet Leaf, and of course you got the coffin sound at the beginning. Ozzy's vocals to me just I'm always surprised by them. Why? I don't I don't know. It, it's like I know it's Ozzy and I know he's about to come in, but it's like always so strong to me. And 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 you and you kind of forget that Ozzy was was a rock god, for lack of a better term. Yeah. You know, in these days. And, you know, of course, uh and I'm always I'm always surprised at how let me. How do I phrase this? How unsatanic he sounds. Um, yeah, you know like what I mean. He's got like very like soaring, high, like crisp vocals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, because you know, growing up the conservative child, Black Sabbath was Satan. I mean, there was oh, yeah. there was no getting around that mess. And you know, then you hear Crazy Train, and you're like, crazy. But that's how it goes. Oh wait, this is the guy that bit the head off a of bat. Um, <laughs> You know, and and of course the image, I just, to me, that was the one thing as I began to really discover music, it's the one thing that really shocked me because even the imagery on the albums to me did not match the vocals that you'd end up hearing with some of these people. Yeah. Cause it was very like, we got to be, you know, spooky and, you know, yeah, rock, yeah. rocky, like, is it, is it metal enough? Is it heavy enough? Yeah. So yeah, I could see that. Also, like speaking of Ozzy, like A and E actually just produced like a really good Ozzy documentary. Oh wow! Um, like with Ozzy and like the family and everything. And I mean, like a lot of it is, you know, hitting a lot of the points that we already know because obviously, like Ozzy. 
Betsy's story is so well documented, like you said, like biting the head off the bat, biting mm-hmm. the head off the of like all this stuff. Um, but it goes up into like you know the Osbournes and you know what happened since the Osborne oh. show, and it was actually it was pretty interesting. So uh, if anybody you know has any need I would definitely recommend uh, can on a replay or oh man you're gone are you gone I no, gone. you well you were gone you were going in and out there for a minute and I what I never left but like <laughs> You would go out and come back, and it was almost like it was trying to catch up with what you were saying. Um, oh. Because you said, we know the story of Ozzy and the Osbournes and everything. We know how that all plays out. And then everything just kind of crapped out for a second, and then you're back. So rude. Yeah. I don't know what Scott's <laughs> But yeah, I recommend watching it if you have any. <laughs> all right. Um, so uh, one, of my, one of our favorite moments in the movie, or at least one of mine, is when... <laughs> He says, who are you listening to? And uh, Stillwater. <laughs> kids on drugs. <laughs> Stillwater. Kids doing drugs. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, wait, what's wrong here? What am I? What have I got? I was going to say, you, you're definitely ahead a little bit. Oh, I'm going by this thing here and not by, by this. Um, we got, before we even get there, we've got every picture tells a story by Rod Stewart. Hey, what dash song.com messed me up. <laughs> so this is one of the best parts of the movie. Yeah. What's Rod Stewart? Yeah. Every picture tells a story. This is when they all get to the Hyatt, right? Yeah, but I mean, before that, like with that, you know, nice acoustic, yeah, you know, Maggie yeah. Mae esque guitar. Yep. You have, you know, Penny giving her infamous. I always tell the girls, never take it seriously. If you never take it seriously, you never get hurt. If you never get hurt, you always have fun. And if you ever get lonely, you just go to the record store and visit your friends. Mm. And that's hell yeah, <laughs> <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Kristen's philosophy on life. That literally is my philosophy on life. Like, especially when I like saw this movie like pre high school and into high school. It's like, nope. You ever get lonely? Just turn on the music, and it'll be okay. Um, while he's there, he walks past a room, and this is playing. Two, three, four. Deep in this melody, this is a small time blues. Peter Droge. To stay with you. So wide awake but this is just like a blink and you miss it kind of song, if you could blink your ears. Yeah, and like for the longest time, I thought this was supposed to be John Lennon and Yoko. Like when I was a kid, I was like, oh, is that the significance of this? But I was like, I don't know that John Lennon song. 
<laughs> I don't know that. What John? What John Lennon songs do you know? Uh, imagine. All right. Ma- and Instant Karma. All right. <laughs> and that's it. Yeah, that's the end of my list. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming to my TED Talk. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Well played. (laughs) Well played. Um, Now, this has... I'm looking at a playlist and this deal. So first, we'll go to Easy to Slip by Sailing Shoes. Or on, on the album Sailing Shoes by Little Feet. And this apparently is when William gets the call from Rolling Stone. Okay. So, yeah, it's so weird that the, like, the playlist doesn't have something in the air on it. Because right. that's what they're all singing in the hotel room when Penny does the you know seats and tray tables. Yeah, well, let me, let me do this for you then to make up for that real quick. Thunderclap Newman, something in the air. Hell yeah. So this this um this website has a link. <clears throat> what it does is it plays links to like YouTube videos. Okay. Of these songs, uh, and it has links where you can buy it on Amazon or Apple Music or whatever. But um the YouTube that brings up is someone's editing UFO videos together. Is this song about UFOs? Oh, I have no idea. I just know it as the song from the Almost Famous trailer and that one scene. <laughs> okay, there you go. <laughs> And the only Thunderclap Newman song I know. Yeah, what a cool name, though. Right? What's your name? Thunderclap Newman. I'm Thunderclap Newman. We are Thunderclap <laughs> Newman. Good night. Um, <laughs> it's a great band name. It, it's a it's a great Native American name. I wish my name was Thunderclap Blossom. Um, oh, I mean, you could legally change it. That's true. Hey, everyone, welcome to Rock Out Loud. I'm Thunderclap Blossom. And uh, with me is the rockin'est chick in the land. Sorry to everyone that's offended by that, that she's not offended. This is Kristen in Jersey. Um, <laughs> so, uh, here is, um, as, as we move on, the raspberries. Um, yes. Is in here uh, when when Lester's actually listening to them, uh, when William lets him know about the Rolling Stone stuff, and uh, we get this song. <laughs> Um, I love that opening riff of this song. 
that's a jam that yeah. opening riff yeah uh and i know it of course mainly like immediately i get flashes of um guardians uh, guardians of the galaxy yeah yeah peter quill <laughs> so uh chris pratt on the milano doing his thing um i just like i love that because i mean i mentioned this on um when we podcasted where we did the watch along like so many like rock journalists like the raspberries was like some of their introduction to like heavier music when they were kids mm-hmm. um because of you know you have that like i mean that super crunchy great you know opening guitar riff um with like great soaring like harmonies so like i love this and i love that this is when he's like you know beware of rolling stone <laughs> with his detroit suck shirt mm-hmm. mm. yeah it's um yeah it they seem like a group because i mean i can't tell you another song by the raspberries yeah i don't think i can either so it seems like a group that um that your music critics would really dig and be into um <laughs> so now we go to mr farmer by the sea. Yes. don't know this group i don't know this song i know that i know that lester was all into it after he hangs up the phone um (laughs) that's all i know and then i feel like does it i feel like it goes from lester into the whole like i'm easy to forget just leave me behind like is this when that song is this also playing i don't know this song i'm like i have no idea what this is (laughs) well he it says he puts this record on and hangs up the phone when william tells him he's listening to stillwater that's what what dash song.com says okay and it's i guess it does the hard stop for some reason when i started hearing this song when you were just playing it i was like wait maybe this is the like i'm easy to forget just leave me behind scene but maybe it's not we'll we'll uh, trust uh what.song.com that's uh, yeah that's what we'll do what dash song.com um <laughs> uh, there has to be an you know after hearing cameron crow talk about it you know you're like there has to be an almond brothers song in this in this movie because obviously they were a big deal in his life. Um, Mm -hmm. so there sure is. It's one way out is the song. It's a live version. Um, is what we have. Oh, Oh, that's not right. Here we go.
Now the website says this is playing as the as the bus tour begins. Yeah, this is where you see Almost Famous Tour 73. And and the great thing about this song is, and a lot of the Almond Brothers song is, is it does make good traveling music. For sure. Yeah. Like, like this is definitely a song you'd be listening to on the bus as, you know, you're driving through like, I don't know, like South Dakota. Yeah. And, you know, you're, you're looking at things and you're like, I don't know what state we're in right now. <laughs> driving through the Black Hills. Oh, speaking of driving, the other week... Um, my my wife needed a break, and we went up to a lake here nearby, um, a couple hours away. I say nearby; it was a couple hours, hour two and a half hours or so away, um, where her aunt and uncle have a little camper on the lake, and we stayed there. So we basically camped, which I hate, but that's fine. You know, it was for her. But we <laughs> we, we took her little dog with us. Okay. And when we were dating, I gave her dog a voice, um, like. Like he's some kind of smooth Antonio Banderas type guy, and he's okay. And he'll look, and and so whenever he's looking at me, I kind of do his voice. I'm like, Fat One, what are you doing here, Fat One? Why are we here with, with just me and you standing here? Where is where is Haley? And um, and so we we took him with us, and we're on the way back, and like he was miserable the whole time. Like he's like, I want my house, I want my yard, I want you know, I want, but I don't want to be in this I don't little like camper. Change. Right, so we're so we're driving home, and he's just on her lap, just kind of flapped over, and I'm like, I understand, Zari. His name's Zari. I'm like, I understand, buddy. And so I start. He, so he's like, I will sing a song about this. On a long and lonesome highway, east of Omaha. <laughs> <laughs> oh my of course, my wife's just looking at. Me, what are you doing? I'm like, it's turn the page, and he's like, it's turn the page. You do you know? Do you know turn the page? I feel like you could make like a YouTube channel for all of this that you're just describing and yeah. make millions. For the dog, yeah. Here I am. <laughs> <laughs> On the road On the again. Road again. <laughs> okay. Uh, so <laughs> So you've got the Who, but we couldn't do we couldn't do this without the Guess Who as well. Albert Flasher. You know what? I know I know some Guess Who, because didn't they do American Woman? They did, yes. And I think that's all I know. Yeah, I feel like I do. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm sure if I really thought about it, I could maybe pull out one more. But, I mean, we don't have all day. Right. <laughs> <laughs> this is also, like, this is the moment where, like, all the girls are in the room with William and, like, you know, Polexia comes in and she's like, Simon Kirkman, Bad Company, is by the pool. <laughs> nah, yeah. Well, and what's listed here on the website is um, it's the, they're all dancing around his room. They're playing around in William's yep. room. So, if you've got Almond Brothers on uh, on a on a movie soundtrack, you've got to also have Leonard Skinner. I'm sorry, it's just how it works. That's life. Mm. Them's the rules. The pool scene. But I'm also, you know, and look, and here's the thing, Skinner. Can I name you tons of songs by Skinner? Yes, it's because of where I grew up. Um, it's because of where I spent so much time in my life. Uh, but I, I can't say that 
I, I think for me, everything Skinner just played out. But what I'm glad that did not happen in this movie is I'm glad they went with this song, Simple Man, rather than Freebird. Yes. gosh i i mean like even hearing it now i'm like gosh this is, and i know that to everyone else it's not played out i get that but yeah i love that song well i, I mean yeah it's a great song and and the, I, I mean there's not a skinner song that i really look and say this isn't a good song but when you hear that like this is like here's what i equate this song to i equate this song to my redneck friends and their big trucks having this on feeling like this is the deepest i'll ever be is listening to simple man because that's <laughs> Because it speaks to me. You know, that's what they're thinking. This speaks. I'm a simple kind of man. This you know? is my story. Yeah, this is my story. I'm I'm 17. I got a big muddy truck. And this is my story. Um, <laughs> Which, you know, hey, look. Love that life. I, I have no regrets about growing up. Did I like my town? Not at all. But I love the people there. So, you know, can't complain. Um, what's interesting is this song came out in 1973 as well as another song that when this when this song starts out that that guitar it really does sound like some versions of knocking on heaven's door to me oh yeah and it, it does sound like the gnr version and knocking on heaven's door of course was dylan um but it came out in 73 as well just a couple of months after and it was recorded i think a couple of months before so it's, it's just interesting you know that this is the kind of sound that was going around um, Isn't it crazy too how like you look at some things like that where you're like wow these songs came out within like you know a month or so of each other and then like you look at today and you're like in in like 30 years am I going to look back and be like wow I can't believe those two songs came out like a week apart you know right. in 2020. <laughs> well I mean it's like when um when when uh when Ice Ice Baby and um Can't Touch This came out in the same year like that that's an embarrassment of riches we are just on ice ice baby today i know i was like well i'm gonna bring ice ice baby back around (laughs) 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 i don't know if we were recording we were talking about but chris and i were talking beforehand uh, before we got going how much i just i love watching the old video of, of vanilla ice defending the ice ice baby riff as though it is um his own as though it is his own and and doing it knowing he's lying knowing that you know there's no way around it that he is absolutely um he's been caught but he just refuses to admit it and he does it with a smile on his face like it's evil and but hilarious at the same time if you haven't seen it look it up on youtube yeah it's good stuff so um now mm, hour of need yeah, the Stillwater, the other Stillwater songs are not on mm-hmm. the playlist because they're not 
like available outside of YouTube. Mm -hmm. Well, let's play it just for the fun of it real quick. Let's play a little bit. <laughs> Sorry about that. That stopped really soon, didn't it? Hard stop. <laughs> Hard stop. Sorry about that. Um, is, is this the actual vocalist and everything from Stillwater doing this? Let me pull this back up. Uh, from Stillwater. For the, did the voices. I feel like it's not because it doesn't sound like it. And like mm -hmm. on the untitled version when this song plays, like I never was like, oh yeah, that's definitely a Stillwater song. Yeah, this sounds, this sounds very much like a song from the year 2000 trying to sound like a classic rock song. It sticks out like a sore thumb. That's why it's yeah. not available anywhere. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, one of Kristen's only Zeppelin songs that she'll allow to be played on the show with her. Yep. That's the way. This, of course, is after after the big shock moment. After they buy a game. That's right. I can play with you no I don't know how I'm gonna do what mama told me My friend, the boy next door What's really interesting is, you know, as you dig into some of the classic rock stuff like Zeppelin, like some, even some of these other guys, even, even people like Skinner and, um, and Almond Brothers and, and then, you know, the Who and the Guess Who and... Uh, a lot of these that we've we've kind of gone through already is just you hear this and like you can you know if you've paid attention like especially I hate to say this but especially like some of the people that came around in the 90s that we don't really dig that much you can hear some of the influence of this old rock on what they did um yeah you know and and uh like like there I was like is this you know this sounds like a song from the 90s just the way there's the playing behind and but the but the lyrics kind of draw out. They don't seem you know they seem a little bit mismatched, but it still works. It's um, it's a it's an interesting thing. But I I, I love I love Zeppelin. I love Zeppelin, uh, and that's from Zeppelin yes, three. Do. That's from Zeppelin three. And I don't know if we've gotten there on Rock Out Lead yet, but you can check the feed and see if Jimmy Mac and I've gotten there. Um, Neil Young. Neil Young is another person I don't think. Well, let's play Love Thing real quick. How about that? Because I've got the link. I've got the link readily available. Love thing by Stillwater. Where did you write that? And who is it about? That's some pretty good stuff right there. I mean, that's a jam. Yeah. That is obviously that's still water, baby. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, is that not on the soundtrack? 
No. Wow. See, I feel like that so one. So upsetting. <laughs> I feel like that one could fit there. So, um, but that's playing in the background while while William's talking to his mother backstage. Yeah. So that that first backstage conversation that goes a little sideways for him. Um, that's the one where he meets. Uh, who's the weird chick that sees his aura? Uh, Beth from Denver. Yes. Yeah, She's- one of the legendary original band-aids she's clairvoyant yeah <laughs> and they i and can't read your mind or anything i just pick up things here or there you've got a purple aura your aura is purple <laughs> purple it's purple neil young everybody knows this is nowhere this is when russell's wanting to just spend time with real people I mean, it's a perfect song for what's going on there, you know, on on several different levels. Yeah. Because one, you know, it's the get away from all the everyday running around because everyone knows this is nowhere. But also, you're headed to a party in Topeka. No offense to my Kansas friends, but you know, they picked a they obviously picked a town where it seems kind of like eh, this could be one that people there would say this is really nowhere. We're just Topeka people. Um, <laughs> We're just real Topeka people, man. Yeah. Yeah. Good so, people looking to have a good time. I'm right. That was in Topeka, right? That's where I'm 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 in the right place, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um here's one here's a song that surprised me earlier on when I was putting this thing together and I and I listened to it because I'm not generally a Fleetwood Mac guy. And I'm like yeah, me I'm like, well, okay, here we go. It's Fleetwood Mac. This is playing at the party when Russell's talking about what's real. You know, he's in <laughs> he's in stage one of being high. In 11 years, man, it's going to be 1984. Think about that. (laughs) Yeah. This is real. This is, I mean, this is definitely pot smoking music. Yeah. Do you want to feed me see, feed a mouse to my snake? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but this, but it actually, cause it, it played for a little bit while ago when I was doing this, we don't have time to like really let it hit the big hook or anything, but it kind of gets into a little bit of a jam. And, okay. and, and what I find myself with Fleetwood Mac is if ever a song comes up, I'm like, yeah, I don't really care for Fleetwood Mac. And then someone plays a song, I'm like, yeah, I like that song. And so I'm just like, I don't know. I, I've got to figure out my relationship with Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> well, I think, too, like, you know, you think of, obviously, you think about Stevie Nicks when you think of Fleetwood Mac. But, right. like, almost everybody in that band sang. So it's like, I feel like you could be like, oh, yeah, like, I, I'm like a Lindsay person. Or, like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. I like I'm, I like Christine songs, you yeah. know? Yeah, that's true. Stevie Nicks just got all the press for some reason. Yeah. Um. So now we move on. That was like level one of being high, but then he, then the acid comes into play, and we get a, <laughs> we get deep purple, of course. So, and I've hit the wrong play. There's uh, acid in the beer that's in the red cups. Yeah, <laughs> Topeka. Um, 
Oh, wait. What's going on here? I uh, See, this is what happens when you go off of two different uh, deals. Because I've got <laughs> Burned by Deep Purple here. Is that on the playlist? Is that on the playlist proper? Yes. Oh, I see it. But I, did, I skipped Cortez the Killer. No, you got Neil Young. Oh, yeah, there's two Neil Young songs. Yeah. Yeah, so here... I, now, when is this one? This is when they're sitting together where he's like, you know, you're 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 bigger than all the silly machinery, and you know it. Okay, so this is stage two of being, huh? Yes. This is where, okay, yeah. And then we get into stage three of being, huh? He's a golden god. <laughs> if he dies, he wants his last words to be, I'm on drugs. I'm on drugs. Yeah. No, I don't think that's what you want your last words to be. <laughs> I think we should work on those last words. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Deep Purple. I mean, does anyone know anything? It, Deep Purple's like that smoke on the water kind of pigeonholed them into that being the only thing people know, right? Yeah, I mean, that's definitely their biggest uh, their biggest hit. I think they have a song called like Star Rider or something mm-hmm. like that. Well, and that's yeah. the, that's the thing. Like, I don't know how many of these things are actually deep cuts or what you know what's what on some of this stuff, but it does feel like you know Cameron Crowe's like this is for the music lovers out there. This is for the people who don't mind plowing through the record to find this little gem or that little gem there here or there. Yeah. Um, and like, I'm sorry, Bloodwin Pig. Is this someone I should know? I have no idea who this is. <laughs> this is uh, Dear Jill. <laughs> This, of course, is playing, you know, this is the hangover music. Yep. This is his family now. Yeah. (laughs) I see what you're doing, and I like it. Sorry, babe. But I won't be home. Um, This, the the track that I I pulled this from the album Best of British Blues, Volume 1. Dear Jill. Yeah. And and that's one of the things around this era that really, you know, the, the 60s and into the 70s, it really is interesting to me is, you know, the blues had become this thing in the States that were like, eh, whatever. You know, we had morphed into what we considered to be rock and roll mm-hmm. and, and we're kind of just leaving it. But the, but the Brits had like latched onto blues and would not let it go. <laughs> It's an ama- it's really just a neat thing to me. Like we export it to them, and they're like, "And here's our British invasion." Um, yeah, seriously. <laughs> Here are some of the greatest bands of all time. Right. Yeah, and and it's just it's kind of that's just a neat phenomenon to me. But so you go from hungover. They don't don't forget they had fought. Um, you know, before that he went to the party, there was the big blow up over the t-shirts and everything. And yes. um, and so the band has to somehow reconcile. And, of course, the most uh, iconic scene from Almost Famous has to be the scene on the bus where they're all singing, and it's a reconciliation scene. Married a music man, a ballerina. They must have seen her. I mean, like 
you sing can't, it, Steve. You can't help but sing along with this song. I mean, like it is. They, they what a perfect song to stick in here. You know. I know. I mean, obviously, and a song that wasn't that popular. Like it wasn't like when people thought of Elton John, they thought of Tiny Dancer. Whereas now. People think of Tiny Dancer when they hear Elton John. In the year 2000, when people thought of Elton John, they thought of the circle of life. Yeah, you know? I know I did. Yeah, and the- <laughs> Can you feel the love tonight? Exactly, exactly, you know. Um, because the truth of the matter is, is Elton John, and I don't know what he's doing these days as far as new music goes and everything, but like I know as late as 94, 95, there was a hit single um, that w- had nothing to do with Lion King that had played by him. The one, it's like a love song. Um, okay. it, it climbed up the charts a pretty good ways on the pop charts, but like, so in, in you know, mid to late nineties, he's still doing music and his, his back catalog still back. And, and this, I, I, you know, we talked about it on the, on the show with the, with the watch along, but this really does feel like the moment in time when, because maybe it's because of this movie, I don't know. When nostalgia gripped everybody and said, "All right, we're going to make people that we love do all these old songs, do these songs again." Yeah, you know, because it wouldn't be—I guess it'd be two thousand eight or nine when Glee comes along and don't, oh god, yeah, don't stop believing is back in the in the mainstream for everybody. Um. You know, there just became this thing of of like all these great performers and musicians from from back in the day were now like, all right, you got to do this stuff for us, and yeah, and and people latch on, and I think this is one of the first really good examples of that. I, I'm sure it's done every era. You know, I'm sure I remember in the '80s there being a big influx of like you know '50s and '60s music used in commercials and stuff, and 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 there being a little I, I remember just i vaguely remember like a news thing you know like a one of those just human interest pieces about you know the resurgence of music from the 50s and 60s of course they were calling it the golden oldies you know um of course <laughs> and uh of course now now that music at that time i'm further removed now from don't even say it yeah <laughs> it's so sickening I'm further removed from the music that was contemporary when I was that age than I was than the people that listen to that music. Anyhow, it really yeah. is sad. So, um, looking at you by MC5. Now, this is when he's on the phone with Lester and he gives him, tells him what to say about it's a think piece and everything. Yep, it's a think piece about a mid-level band struggling with their own limitations in the hard uh, ah, space of stardom. Is Lester listening to this? Is this on... I feel like this might be in the background of William's hotel room, maybe? I think Because a lot of that stuff, when the Band-Aids are in there, there's always music playing. Okay. All right. Well... <laughs> so I, as he is uh, as he's working on his thing though we get a little bit of old Steely Dan as he's working in the bathtub of all places and I don't remember this plan while he was in the bathtub doing his work and, uh, neither do I and it says so they must have been listening to 
go ahead. Do what now? This this is like a big song. Like people know this song. Yeah. So I feel like you know it, if it was playing and it was like I don't know like prominent, we'd be like, oh yeah, that that's the only dance song. Okay. Yeah, I feel like it has to be. I feel like it, they must have been listening to it in the room, and so it's in the very, very, very background. Yeah, like it's literally just like you know static noise. Right. <laughs> yeah, it has to be. Has to be. Um, Nancy Wilson, of course, was was you know uh, did some original music for this song, wrote some stuff and everything. Um, mm-hmm. Of heart fame, by the way. Um, make sure I've got that right. Check me. Check my music expert, Kristen. Yep. All right. Yep. You're right. And uh, You're this, right. this is this is from the this is from the soundtrack Lucky Trumbull. This from the most uncomfortable scene in the movie. Yeah, for you. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm sorry. It's the well, we don't we're not going to relitigate that here. <laughs> Yeah, there's the whole just kind of um, the yeah the she's just so happy for him and the whole time he's like, but I love this woman. Um, she's like, you got it, you're in good hands. Mm-hmm. I'll see you later. Yeah, yeah. Um, you, I also feel like the Velvet Underground is a good fit for this soundtrack and and for what's going on in this movie because um, they just seem so. Although they use a cover. <laughs> they do. They do. So, it, who did this originally, Bowie or the Velvet Underground? Velvet Underground. Okay. But they used the Bowie cover. Yeah. Okay. Because, you know, they got to go to Swingo Celebrity Inn, you know? she. You got to introduce, I'll introduce you to Bowie and his security guard, Dennis. That's uh, Waiting for the man. But, you know, maybe it's just the name, The Velvet Underground, but they really do seem like an underground kind of band. Like, they have a, they've just got that reputation. Here's the Bowie version, if you want to listen to it for a little bit. I mean, are we going to say no to Bowie for anything? Never. This is a live radio session version from 1970 with Mick Ronson on guitar. what I'm being told by the video that came up. Well, that's got a little jam to it right there. That is a jam. I mean, you gotta love this era of Bowie, you know? I'm waiting for the man $26 in my hand I mean, that, I just want to say this about his vocals there. That's you, when you expect when when I hear when I say I'm about to listen to a Bowie song, I expect you know oh, I'm waiting for the mat. You know, not what he just did there. He did pure on rock and roll vocals there. Yeah, you expect a little bit of a crooner in yeah. Bowie, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Cat Stevens has some stuff in this, as you would expect on a coming of age story, because Cat Stevens is the coming of age songwriter. 
beautiful moment in the movie. Yeah, this is where Penny's on the dancing on the on the stage. On the floor, the arena floor. Oh, I thought it was on the stage. No, she's on the floor. Oh wow! With all of, like the paper oh, the trunk, and confetti yeah. and stuff. Where I'll end up, well, I think only God really knows. I've sat upon the setting sun, but never, 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 never. I never wanted water once. And you said that that scene is Cameron Crowe's favorite scene or the most important scene in the movie? Or Cameron Crowe said that that scene is the most important scene in the whole movie. And, like, in the untitled version, like, there's a longer version of her dancing where, mm-hmm. like, you know, she's happy, you know, carefree, but then it, you know, as the scene goes on, she's, like, sitting in this like room and you could see like her smile fall a little bit. Mm. And she like realizes like, you know, kind of that, like I'm alone and, you know, kind of the mask drops a little bit for Mm -hmm. Penny, which Mm. we don't ever really see aside from that, you know, moment with the, what kind of beer. Um, so it's a really great, great, great scene. Mm. Um, well, the band gets a new manager that, that, that Kristen hates. <laughs> and uh, they go on a plane. What could go wrong? Well, especially, I mean, it's almost like when you start throwing Jimi Hendrix in there. You know, unfortunately, not that he died on a plane crash, but... Still got that died young vibe going on. Now, Kristen... I got to tell you what, when I hear this song, unfortunately, I think of Hulk Hogan. Really? Yeah. One of his, like, when he was a bad guy, after when he turned bad in the 90s and would come out, this was his entrance music, was Voodoo Child. Interesting. And he'd come out with the belt. They'd spray painted the belt with the NWO. It's this beautiful gold belt and it has black spray paint NWO on there and <laughs> And he comes out and he's playing it like an air guitar. I mean, like, he was pretty cool for a bad guy <laughs> coming out to some Jimmy, some Jimmy, some Jimmy Hendrix. And he says, Well, I stand up next to the mountain. I chop it down with the edge of my hand. Oh, Hogan would just kind of take his hand and make like a chopping motion, like he's chopping in a mountain. I'm like, Yes. <laughs> I love him. What a vile, <laughs> evil man. <laughs> um, one of the, this, I mean, a dark scene really in a lot of ways is is the poker scene and Clarence Carter is playing Slip Away. Such a double meaning there too as far as like everything slipping away from William in this moment. And what would I give for just a few moments? Sing it, Clarence. What would I give? Just to have you near Tell me you will try To slip away somehow Oh, I need you down. I'm telling you, I'll get drug into some songs like this I just, I was sitting here, I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot I'm doing a podcast 
Again, like a very you song. Yeah, like you would yeah. play that on like, you know, one of the shows. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But also, like I say, just the title itself, you know, and then you listen to those lyrics, what would I give? Like William's ex- William watches this whole transaction go down, you know, about the band-aids, and here he is absolutely head over heels for Penny mm-hmm. and just you know, can't believe what he's seeing. And so you're you're really kind of sold for fifty bucks and a case of Heineken. And you're really kind of seeing his. You you this song kind of sings his heart a little bit, but also the everything now is slipping away. Like like things have gotten so out of control. Yeah. And the and the harsh reality of this world has now just come crash. And this one poker game has come crashing down on on William. And uh, you know this is again that veil is slipped. Yep. Yep. Um, but then, but before, before it's all said and done though, we got to go to New York because this is where, <laughs> this is where it gets really ugly. And we show up with this. Misty Mountain Hop. It's all about uh, the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Sing it, Steve. Yeah, he's packing his bag for the Misty Mountains, where the spirits go. Um, yeah, it's a uh, Zeppelin, Misty Mountain, and um, again, I, I guess the, of course, especially then, you know, if you're a kid from the West Coast, now you're coming to the, you know, the the city of the East Coast. Um, yeah. You know, and uh, and you're coming in to this city. It, it it really is like you've taken that journey that Bilbo took, you know, now you're, now you're there in the Misty Mountains. Um, and I love like when they come in, they're all in the limo and mm-hmm. like, you know, Russell's like, William, we showed you America. We, we did everything we could to, you know, get yeah. you a lady friend. And William just like shrugs and nods his head. And they're like, no. Yeah. Like they just can't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So, um, as and they're, we meet Leslie. Ew. Oh yeah, yeah. You don't like Leslie. Um, no. She's not a look. She's not a rocker at all. Uh, here's the thing. I can't. I can't bring myself to dislike her. Obviously, she's not the free spirit that you feel like Russell needs to be with. Um, and by you, I mean all of us. Uh, <laughs> she's she's not. You don't. She's not what you think of when you think of a rocker's wife. Uh, and then you find out well. You know, she hadn't been the most faithful, but they were on a break, um, to quote Ross. <laughs> all right. All right, friends. <laughs> so, um, but at the same time, if you're married to this guy and you see this woman keep looking over at you, you know, the t- obviously you're going to be a little bit disconcerted, you know, that she won't stop staring. So, especially if you've got that little bit of witchiness that she has. Anyhow, this was playing at the bar when they were there by free. Oh, nope, not that. What just happened? Sorry about that. Everything, technical difficulties all over the place.
everybody, that's free. And you, the only song you know by free, and by you, I mean me, is uh, Free Ride. No, not Free Ride. Um, All Right Now. All Right Now? Yeah, All Right Now. <laughs> free Ride. Such a good song. Idiot. That's the Edgar Winter band, you moron. Come on, Glosson. You're a freaking <laughs> podcast about You're going to rock out. Yeah, come on, Glosson. Get it, get it together. <laughs> Anyhow, that's playing in the bar when he tells them they're going to be on the cover. <laughs> I don't believe it. Don't touch me. Hey, Ray. Hey, Sugar. Tell them who we are. Well, we're big rock singers. We got golden fingers. And we're loved everywhere we go. That's right. Come on now, cover the Rolling Stone. That was like perfection. Thank you. Thank you. I... They play this. This is the. Uh, here's how I know this song, by the way. Oh God! The reason I know this song is the show, the morning show that I love and have listened to for years and years and years. When I wasn't doing the big honking show in the mornings, um, they. This is the. This is their bumper for celebrity news. Oh God! On the cover of the Rolling Stone. I still maintain that they did not really go for go for it like they should have in this moment you know they they oh i feel like they're shocked they're a little, little drunk <laughs> yeah i just i i was well, more reason for them to just really just belt it out so um <laughs> uh so as as this is going on uh william leaves and in one of the most intense moments of the movie um he goes and uh chases penny outside and gets up oh. to her Gets to the room there. She's going off on quaaludes and probably OD'd. Calls the doctor, steals the kiss, which everyone you know is like, "What a jerk!" He's a fifteen-year-old kid. Come on, man. Um, and uh, it, it's so weird. Like I love, I love the juxtaposition because I think, I think it's. I mean, obviously, it's meant to be funny. It's a very twisted sense of humor that's going on here because he's watching this girl. Get her stomach pumped and puke her brains out. And this is what's playing. <laughs> My Sharia Moore by Stevie Wonder. I mean, nowhere else in the universe would a filmmaker be like, it's a stomach pumping scene. Let's play this song. I have an idea. <laughs> Hey, is that Stevie Wonder? I know the perfect song. Can we get that Stevie Wonder song for this scene? <laughs> She's puking her guts out over the over at the uh, over at the uh, the the bathtub there. Can we get this song? Um, Poor Penny. Now, a couple of things that kind of get left out here uh, on this particular list. I'll just say they do. <clears throat> Russell, also, I feel like you skipped a song. Dude, didn't you? Mona Lisa's in Manhattan. Oh, I didn't have that on my list here, but give me just a second. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that is the lead up to the bathtub scene. Yeah, I'm sorry. Here, it, it somehow I missed it, but here's a live version for you. Spanish just pretty words to say. City. 
trapped can dream come true You stand at the edge What people run you through mm. Gorgeous. I respect And you know who also did a cover of that song? I the do Killers. Not. Did they? They did. Shut up. They did. <laughs> well, dang. I got to tell you For something. For like, an, like Elton John tribute album. Wow, I didn't know that. Um, the uh, what is the name of the of the album? Do you know? Oh God, that's a, that's asking a lot, Steve. Sorry. <laughs> it's Let called me... it's called Revamp. The songs of Elton John and Benny Tarpin. There you go. Yeah. Uh, here. Now I know Spanish Harlem are not just. Pretty words to say. I thought I knew. Elton John, I, I'm sorry. I, I don't know that I like the man. Um, I've heard that he's pretty much a diva. <laughs> Total diva. <laughs> but, I, I mean, if you want songs that you can feel, there's something about the way he writes songs. And especially when well, he just sits down and plays. Bernie writes them. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. Yeah. There's something the way, the way Bernie writes songs and the way he performs them when he just sits down at the piano and plays. He just, he's, he just, I, I, I'm a, I would listen to some Elton John. I don't, I'm not ashamed of that. I'm not yeah, ashamed of that. I mean, I definitely, um, like that's something that would be on like a bucket list where it's like, I want to explore more of Elton John's catalog because mm -hmm. I really just know kind of like the surface level. Um, um, and I think that would be like, you know, a good project over like, you know, a summer or something to just explore more of Elton John's, you know, I appreciate, I celebrate the full catalog. <laughs> right, right, right. Even Crocodile Rock. Um, exactly. Yeah. So, which I mean, I have no shame in that. I'm saying that that's one that I wouldn't expect Kristen would like, but I bet Kristen, you, listen, if Kristen was in an Elton John concert and he fired up some Crocodile Rock, Kristen would be there in the audience going, yeah, 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 yeah. Better believe she would be. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not like a Bon Jovi show with like you know, wanted dead or alive, where I'm just gonna be like, okay, I'm you know, I'm protesting. I am not singing this song. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that, but I understand your reasons. Um, they they. <gasps> I've seen it too many times. I'm burnt out. <laughs> they do tempt fate with Peggy Sue on the plane. Pretty, 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 pretty Peggy Sue. Let's not. Uh, Russell does in any way. Um, and we've already played Cortez the Killer, I believe. Uh, that was stage two of being high, but they re yep. they were they reprise that when they land safely, and Russell tells William to write whatever he wants. Yep, write what you want. And that brings us into all of the down. And this is one of the things like I watched that Cameron Crowe thing, like I said, and he talked about like running into his sister at the airport. Yep, isn't that crazy? That is amazing. Like that's such a such an interesting thing. So, we get the rain song by Zeppelin, and um, you know, again, I, I'll just tell you, it's one of my. Well, I celebrate the whole catalog of Zeppelin, so. Like we roll through the Zeppelin here as we as we 
go toward the end of this movie. Because, I know, it's like all Zeppelin all the time. Because, <laughs> <laughs> and suddenly Chris is like, I don't really like the last tenth of the movie. Um, <laughs> I mean, this scene is one of the most underrated scenes in the movie, I feel, that this ha this song is played over. I mean, like, Sapphire, who, you know, when we were doing the watch-along, we kind of said, like, she gives off kind of like the Queen Bee mm -hmm. vibe. Like, it's almost like she's, like, the most senior of the Band-Aids. Mm -hmm. um, but when she says to Russell, you know, like, well, what do you care like we all know what you did to william and yeah. everyone knows even penny lane and then she flips that and talks about all the new girls that are all of a sudden on tour because obviously all the other band-aids are gone um and you know she says you know none of these new girls use birth control and they eat all the steak and you know they don't know what it is to be a fan to truly love some silly little piece of music or some band so much that it hurts mm -hmm. and like russell just has like this look of like damn Yep. Yeah. 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 But unfortunately, I mean, not not unfortunately. I mean, obviously, he calls Rolling Stone and says, "Yeah, I lie that we all that stuff he wrote was true." But instead of reaching out to William, you know, he reaches out to Penny, who is having none of it. Did I lose you? I lost Kristen. I can hear you. Okay, you were, you were muted there. It showed. Oh, I'm here. Okay. He, you know, you may say fortunately or unfortunately. I feel like, unfortunately, he reached out to Penny because Penny at this point was done. And a good thing she yeah. was. Um, and so we move to another Zeppelin song as he heads to Williams, which is uh, Brawny Hour. Um, from Physical Graffiti, of all things, of all albums. <laughs> but Steve celebrates the whole catalog. I do, but it's just kind of an interesting choice. I forget how to pronounce this, but there's a there's a stomp on uh, on one of the on one of the earlier albums that has this phrase in it, and it's and Jimmy pronounced it right. So he shows up, and I listen. I, any scene with Francis McDorm Francis McDormand and Russell is any of the either of those two scenes. I'll take them. Yeah. You know, and <laughs> there's hope for you yet, Russell. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and after he has his talk, begins his talk with um, William in the room, you know, we, uh, we, we go out to Tangerine and, um, oh. yeah. And I love that it kicks in. Like, you know, he finally gets the interview with Russell, you know, the whole, so Russell, what do you love about music as Tangerine is kicking in, in the background. And then mm -hmm. we get to begin with everything. Yes. Yeah. You get again, those crisp guitars to the bus. Yep. The, uh, what is it? Not on a plane tour or never on a plane? Nope. No more airplanes. No more tour. airplanes tour. Yeah. <laughs> Tangerine a lot. I know it is. Um, it's definitely for me. 
a, a like top tier like godlike zeppelin song mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. a non-led zeppelin fan mm-hmm. as an almost famous fan right right but well, tell me tell me why you celebrate tangerine so much because i know when we were talking about it i was like oh yeah kind of a deep cut and you were like tangerine's deep cut for me <laughs> right 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 well i i just i i love it it's that situation really with it where it, you just feel it like there's just something about the way that the guitar is played you know the opening they kind of start it's a start and a stop kind of thing and um and and you and you go into that and then it's just there's something about just the way he sings the lyrics and the and and the organization of the song where it's just like you know, I just, I just feel it. You know, it's just one of those, it's, and, and to me, we've talked about this before on the show, it's, it's always the music that you feel. Like, it's not that it jams, it's not that it's this amazing, you know, rock anthem of all time, but there's just something about the, the feels that I get from it. And, um, and honestly, I didn't know Tangerine, this is actually kind of funny, you know, as it happens a lot with me, and, and stuff that I know and like now. Um, I was first introduced to Tangerine through a cover by Big, he- Big Head Todd and the Monsters, of all people, back in the 90s. Wow. Yeah, yeah. They're, not that I'm a Big Head Monsters fan, you know, Todd and the Big Head, or Big Head Todd and the Monsters fan. Um, it's just, there was this album, uh, there was an album that came out called Encomium, a tribute to Led Zeppelin. And you had people like Hootie and the Blowfish on there. Hootie actually, they actually... I think charted with their cover of um, "Hey Hey What Can I Do," um, and uh, and so anyway, there was just a bunch of different um, four non blondes is on there. I'm trying. Let me pull it up real quick. But Big Head Todd and the Monsters did did Tangerine, and they did a really good job of it. Um, and uh, and so that was kind of my first, not an introduction. I, I it probably was my introduction to this song because I wasn't, I wasn't big into Zeppelin yet. Um, that would come, that would come about a year after this album dropped. Uh, so, um, But see, there's just something about the groove of the guitar there, and and um, you know, obviously that's a little bit cleaner mix than than what Zeppelin had. You know, it's the '90s, and and it's a cover. But um, but when you when that just the way the just the I don't know, Kristen, I just love it. I really do like this song. I feel like this is um. um... Like, again, because, I mean, I have not been shy with, like, my not loving of Led Zeppelin. Like, I feel like this is a song that even, like, a Led Zeppelin, like, you know, hater and, you know, not not team Zeppelin person like me. Like, you could still love this song and enjoy this song. Um, there's something that's very, like, honest about it, I feel. Like, it just sounds very honest. It sounds very authentic. Right. Um, and I just, I love how, um, like, to me... Like, we've talked a lot on this podcast about, like, that whole, like, you know, sitting out on the back porch mm-hmm, kind of exactly. song. Exactly, you know? yes. This is, like, a perfect song for, like, I'm going to sit out on the back porch and just relax, you know, have a drink, um, and, you know, just enjoy, you know, being alive. This is a great song to put on a playlist that you're going to do for a night like that. 
Well, also, it's a, it's a, I mean, like, I, here, I'm going to read some of these lyrics to you because I know you're okay. a lyric person. Uh, me- yes. Yeah. Measuring a summer's day, I only find it slips away to gray. The hours, they bring me pain. Tangerine, tangerine, living reflection from a dream. I was her love. She was my queen. And now a thousand years between. Um, and then the second verse is the one that really gets you. Thinking how it used to be, does she still remember times like these? To think of us again, and I do. You know, it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, I can't get over her, but I wonder if she remembers me. Yeah. You know. And again, like, I feel like, I feel like the songs in this movie, so many of them have like, you know, and it's not like, oh yeah, like I just like Tangerine, so I'm going to put it in the movie. Like, you know, it speaks to the movie. It speaks to the characters and the relationships in the movie. And I feel like this song's like a perfect way to close it out. Yes. Yeah, it really is. Um, And uh, if you're not going to close with a Stillwater song, which they kind of do. Little Chance Upon You. (laughs) But this actually, this is another one that sounds more like, well, obviously the Stillwater songs were made for the movies, for the movie, but this really does sound like it was made for the movie. Like that's another one that doesn't quite sound like him. You know? Yeah, it's definitely not. It's not like a love comes and goes or a love thing or fever dog. It's in, you know, it's in the bottom tier of Stillwater songs mm-hmm. for the movie. Yeah. So, a <laughs> lot of music, a lot of music on this. And I mean, that's what it's all about. We it's, did it. Yeah. It's about the music. It, you know, that's what the movie's about. So, um, you know, that's just, that's just how it rolls. And, and when you, when you go through these kind of things, it's, this was the Guardian soundtrack before the Guardian soundtrack, Kristen. You know there was a yeah, lot. There was there go. was a lot of hoopla made, and we even did kind of cover that vo- that awesome mix volume one. But yep. there was a lot of hey made about that. But when you go back to something like this movie, it's like, you know, it, it's in a way Peter Quill and the Guardians is almost a um, a futuristic version of William. It's you know that the music. Yeah. It's, it's about the music That's form. Love of music. And uh, and so there you go. Almost famous, connected to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, ladies and gentlemen. Done. My work Boom. here. My work here is finished. Uh, Mic but, drop. That's right. But um, <laughs> what George a answer moment. That's it for me. That's right. <laughs> Kristen, what a fun time to watch the movie, to talk through the soundtrack here, to reminisce about it. To just get to see you just lay... I mean, you always lay your passion out, but a passion about this film, just lay it out there for everybody. Um, that was, it was... Honestly, it was so much fun, especially because, like, I mean, we're a music podcast. We don't really get into movies and stuff, so it was really cool to do, like, this movie for this podcast. Yeah, it, it was a good time. We'd love to hear from you. Rockoutloudpod at gmail.com. Rockoutloudpod at gmail.com. We're also over on Facebook and the Twitter and that sort of thing. Uh, but uh, we appreciate you hanging with us, jamming to some tunes and watching a movie. And if you haven't seen it, I'll suggest go see it. Uh, but until next time, I'm Kristen. Uh, wait, no, you're Kristen. What was that? What just happened? I'm Steve. Yeah. Rock on, everybody. Rock on, guys. I have no idea what, I have no idea what just happened.
Specials consideration paid for by Big Head Todd and the Monsters.